You are the passengers in a most uncommon elevator. About to take the strangest journey of your lives. Soar into tower. We are ready for takeoff. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Instagram at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mousemadness. Uh, Kyle, uh, the suit has arrived. <laughs> Did it just get? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris uh, was very worried about uh, the suit that he ordered for my wedding that was supposed to get delivered today. Uh, he was convinced that he was scammed and that it was not going to be showing up. And ding dong, there it is. So uh, happy to hear that the suit has arrived for our friend Chris. Uh, and as he as he celebrates on the other <laughs> end, uh, let's go ahead and chat about what we're talking about today. We have eight uh, incredible DCA soundtracks that we're going to be talking about. We broke it down last time. Uh, we, we battled it out. There were some upsets. And to help facilitate those upsets, to help facilitate the great eight that we got to, uh, we're our guest hosts, Tess and Alyssa. Welcome back. Well, thank you. We back. We when back. I think of DCA soundtracks, one that I always listen to on the uh, the sounds of Disneyland.com is the Grand Californian attraction or uh, entrance area music. These the the movie scores that play between uh, the the what is it? Not resident. The guest. The, the Grand Californian guest entrance. Um, that those are bangers and they're not even like Disney scores. There's like a bunch of random scores in there, but it just feels so epic. Alyssa, you had mentioned when you were working there, you really enjoyed the piano player, but what about just the general area music of that, that hotel? We don't have enough time. (laughs) That's a whole different show. (laughs) Look, if you want to go over the architecture and the style and the inspirations of the hotel, that's a whole nother podcast, but yeah. (laughs) She uh, she definitely has a lot of information. She did the tours I that did the you tour can do of there. the grand. So the art and crafts tour. Um, so if you want to know arts and crafts and about that movement, yeah, let's go. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. Like to the extent that we went to Storytellers Cafe for not even brunch. It was breakfast the other day, <laughs> and she was like how much you want to bet I know what the quote is on that podium over there. I was like, I, I was like, I, I'm not okay. I'll bet you. <laughs> and it was, I mean, she, she knew everything. So. <laughs> well then we Go have, ahead. we definitely have the right people on for this guest hosting because <laughs> we need somebody that knows a little bit of something about Disney California adventure. You do did a great job last time. And let's, uh, let's dive into our discussion this time around, starting with some spoonful of sugars. Uh, Chris, what you got over there? Oh, Kyle, we're back. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was quite a bachelor weekend. It was a time. Um, we stayed up very late uh, into the wee hours of the morning, uh, <laughs> doing doing you know things that only men do, like smoking <laughs> cigars and playing <laughs> poker and eating beef jerky. Um, of course, real you know real manly bachelor party, Kyle. Mm. Uh, so, so I'm feeling pretty tired. Um, <laughs> and, and I feel like I need to catch up on my sleep. So I got myself a little sleepy time tea, oh, there we go. I, uh, which is just a classic. I think it, I think like chamomile is the base of sleepy time tea. It's, sure. it's very, de- very delicious. I'm um, highly recommend anyone to, to, to incorporate some sleepy time tea uh, into your nighttime routine. I'm, I, I've become a big proponent of good sleep hygiene. Um, and after a long weekend, uh, I feel like I need, I feel like I have enough alcohol in my body. So I'm going with another sober episode. Kyle, what do you got? Uh, there's a quote from the, uh, the show Archer where he talks about drinking all the time and that if he 
stops the collective hangover might kill him. And that's how I'm feeling right now, getting <laughs> back from New Orleans. So I'm going to keep that train going with a little Kona Big Wave Golden Ale beer. I'm going to sip on here for this second episode of this bracket. It is just a, a classic, light, crisp, refreshing beer. It's just a nice way to get you know closer and closer to hydration again is with this golden ale. So eventually I'll get some water back into me because Lord knows I need it. Uh, but we're going to have some beer this time around. Tess and Alyssa, what do you two have? We got some more Trulies because <laughs> it, it worked last time for our great discussion. So and I was like, did, I, did we get that last time? We, did, <laughs> we drank that last time. Now we're drinking it again. But truly, it's just that scrumptious. There's back. Back it's not an ad. It's not a paid endorsement. Not a sponsor. Yeah, no sponsors. Or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. (laughs) I will sponsor Chitty Chitty Bang Bang every day of my life. (laughs) And that was a conversation from pre-recording. So thank you very, very much. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about how we got here. Uh, The interns went into the parks to get these 16 DCA soundtracks. They interviewed folks who were double fisting either food or drank at the food and wine festival that's happening over at the park. Uh, They gave us 16 greats. There was not many remaining for Miss the Dance, but we talked about a few. And after some heated discussion, particularly at the end, got real emotional last time around, uh, we have our Elite Eight. The number one Soarin' Over California is taking on the number eight, The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure. Number 13, Jesse's Critter Carousel is taking on the number five Incredicoaster. The number two, Radiator Springs Racers is taking on number 10, California Screamin'. And the number three, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout is taking on the number 11, Tower of Terror. Chris, you started off last time. I think I'm going to dive in first this time. Number one, Soarin' Over California versus number eight, Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure. You can listen to last episode. I talked a lot about The Little Mermaid. It was a score that was influenced by the movie. It was then re-recorded to fit the attraction. It did so very, very well. There were some substitutions of voice actors that were a little bit sketchy. But overall, it did a pretty good job, especially trying to be a truncated version of the attraction. Soaring Over California. This is when I think of Disney California Adventure. I immediately think of the Soarin' Over California score. And that's probably because when I went on it for the first time, as you know, a little 10-year-old, I was mind blown that this attraction existed. It felt so cool, maybe not necessarily so real, but also so real because you were, you're, you're up in the air and your whole body's moving and that score just fit perfectly. I talked a lot about how Soarin' Over the, Soarin' Around the World doesn't fit so perfectly because it's compared to this one. And that's because Jerry Goldsmith, who was the composer of this, was able to indicate all of these scene changes in these different areas of California in such a subtle but significant way. Um, The moments that really stand out for me, when you encounter Yosemite Falls, you get the big rise as you continue then to soar right along. And my favorite is when we get to old Camarillo and we encounter the orange groves and the, and the horses out in the range and you get that that little clicking. Yo, yeah. Hands up, baby. <laughs> it is so good and it doesn't deviate super far from the theme that has right. been playing the entire time. Right. You do get a little bit more of the kind of like fiddle sound as you're with the little... But it feels like you are there, you're out with your with the homies, horsebacking through the hills of Camarillo. I just think that that is such a significant imprint on my brain, <laughs> that specific sound. And it does it so well. And then, of course, like when you encounter Disneyland, that is just such a, a, a satisfying grand finale. Just how it swells back up and then it feels like it comes down like a a curtain is closing. And that's essentially what's happening on the attraction. It is just the perfect score for this attraction. Not only do they uh, make it so that as as the music swells, your 
uh, hang glider kind of stops a little bit so that you can take in whatever this grand view is. And then once your hang glider starts going, you're soaring at with that theme again, just the through line. It fits so well with the movements. I, it, it's just such a great, great soundtrack. Um, Jerry Goldsmith, I read this uh, quote from, I think it was his son. Uh, he said, and this is a, a, a little lengthy, so bear with me, but he says, um, after he got off the ride, um, without any sound, because they're like, Jerry, come over here. We want you to, we want you to score this. And he's like, well, let me, let me go see it. So they put him up in the thing and they let him watch it without any sound. He comes down and he, he looked upset. <laughs> he was like crying. And he said, no, everything was fine. He then wanted to explain to them that he had two loves. One was music and the other was flying. And so he mm. said that his favorite moments as a kid was that uh, was as a child, he would fly gliders with his dad over at the dunes over where LAX was built. And it turns out that he was, he was crying tears of joy. So he thought that Soarin' Over California was such a great ride, a beautiful, magical film, that he'd do anything to be part of this project. He said, quote, I'd even score the film for free. Like oh, this man, shit. this man put his all into the score, his heart into the score. And you can really feel it. It is such a phenomenal soundtrack to this attraction. It fits every aspect of it. I don't have really any quips about this soundtrack. I love it. Number one seed's moving on. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and add a few more like moments uh, from, from the film and, and the soundtrack. Uh, this, the Tahoe sequence. Mm -hmm. uh, I swear to God, bro. They're like little sleigh bells. It's like, yes. I love that every time. Cause I'm a big skier. Um, when you're going to, I want to say it's like there's a river, some kind of river forest, yeah. but then also like sunset Redwood, at Malibu. Redwood Creek River yeah. or something like that. And then this, I think the sunset at Malibu, they both do the same thing where like they bring it down real low and really? a lot of those kind of like brass elements come out of it and it's really just like some strings that like the, the like bubbling of the water, like you're just, you're, you're, you're there, dude. Yeah. You're there. But, but my favorite part, guys, my favorite part oh. um, is when they roll up to San Diego <laughs> and the whole thing comes up and they break out that big boy drum for that military. You're on the hang glider like this. Like, You're just slewing through. We, we need people to know that the military's in town uh, and we need to bring out the biggest percussion to show it. Uh, so that's, and obviously like I'm, I'm a San Diego guy. So yeah. that moment always gave me chills where I was like, not only do I feel hella American right now, but like <laughs> this is, this is where I'm from right now. Uh, and it's getting uh, the, the absolute most out of this score. So Seriously. I just, I just love that. Um, yeah. The little mermaid, like I really, really like this, this soundtrack as a, as an attraction and, I've really gained an appreciation for it, listening to it through a, a few times. I know we're kind of like, are we talking about cues? Are we not talking about cues? But the <laughs> cue music of The Little Mermaid is actually is actually really good, too. Mm -hmm. It's very like, um, if you like the kind of like pirate fiddly genre of music, yeah. I don't really know what that's called, but like, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of what's in The Little Mermaid cue. Um, and it's it's really cool that kind of like, what they do musically is they separate kind of the the real world or like the above world from the under the sea world. Yes. Um. So it, it it's really cool. It's really smart. I think if this uh attraction soundtrack is moved to some other places on this bracket, maybe it goes a little bit further. But I'm with you. Soaring over California is just it's just a thing of beauty. So definitely going to advance the number one seed on here. Uh, Tess and Alyssa, do you all agree with that? Yes. And I would say my favorite part about the Little Mermaid soundtrack is it from the Little Mermaid ride soundtrack. It's when every time that I ride it, I overlaid Zaddy Triton with uh, Pony by Genuine. That's <laughs> my favorite part of the soundtrack. Um, so her uh, favorite soundtrack is her own soundtrack. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, so I'm. it's fine. I'm just like, cut. Um, all right. Well, the next matchup is number 13, Jesse's Critter Carousel versus number five, Incredicoaster. Um, so these are really two attractions that have 
uh, taken themes from their respective movies to help enhance the ride experience. Yeah. Uh, and you have the Incredicoaster, where you have a, a chase scene style kind of score from Michael Ticino. Um, and then uh, along with, you know, a lot of like uh, dialogue from your Incredibles characters. Uh, last week, we didn't, we didn't get to talk about um, Cookie Num Num Cookie, uh, <laughs> Bob Parr's contribution to uh, this Jack Jack kind of chase situation is, you know, throwing them cookies at, at the kid. Uh, that's that's a, always a fun moment for me when yeah, he does like that. that. And I, w- I want to say it's like on like the biggest drop of <laughs> of the ride too. It's like <laughs> yeah. cookie num num cookie. <laughs> uh, so love it. Jesse's critter cares though. Like, hey, music's an important ass part of any carousel attraction as well. Like, it's it's not only like important to like the pacing of the spinning of the ride, but like carousel music projects. Yeah. out like into the area that that the carousel occupies as well and so it's like on the one hand like Incredicoaster like a, a roller coaster of a good roller coaster enhanced by music like that's really great that's really unique I think it makes the ride better but like there's something just pure and authentic about a carousel with with some good music and like it really is what Jesse's Critter Carousel has and like I I mean I think both um, Tess and Alyssa and, and also you, Kyle, gave some some kind of really great insights into this Jesse Critter carousel um, hype train. And I think I'm on board. I think I'm, wow. I think I'm on it. Uh, so I think I'm going to advance the 13th seed uh, to take down Incredicoaster. Dang. Well, guess what? I'm hopping off that hype train. Oh, no. And I'm hopping into the Incredicoaster hype train. And it's all because I was under the impression that Jesse's Critter Carousel only played Woody's Roundup. No. <laughs> Tess had let us know that there's more than one song. So Please what, tell what me it plays, it plays Someone Loved Me. Please I tell wish. me it plays. I, oh. I wish. I wish it does not. It does not. Uh, it plays other hoedown type songs, and Ooh. they are subpar to what Woody's Roundup was. I just listened through them, and I said, no, thank you. Don't like it. It's Woody's Roundup or nothing. The Jesse song is good. Jesse, the yodeling cowgirl. Yodele, yodele, yodele. Nope. Woody's Roundup only. (laughs) Damn. Um, Damn, end of conversation. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Sorry, Sorry. I had to go to uh, January 7th, 2022 with my... uh, the picture proof that I rode. Um, oh yeah. I ride three times. That was number one. And then I got bored and decided to call Mandy. So now it's just FaceTime. <laughs> 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 number two, number three. That was just point. Anyway, okay. Between these two, it's I mean, incredible. Yeah, it's my okay. turn. <laughs> but yeah, it's the incredible star. <laughs> oh, um, the soundtrack's so good. I think Kyle and I we both put um some in incredible score on our uh workout playlist on our running playlist because it's just so it's so good i mean i love both so much but just the way that the this the soundtrack really transforms your writing experience is really cool so it's it's incredicoaster for me all right let's talk about this next one then number two radiator springs racers versus number 10 screaming um I was not super hot on Screamin' last week. I kind of passed it along because I liked it just a little bit better. But upon like thinking about what that soundtrack does for the roller coaster in the same way that the Incredicoaster soundtrack does, like it does a lot for it just being music as opposed to like the Incredicoaster telling the full story. And that's kind of a lot of what DCA 1.0 was. There wasn't a ton of outside of like superstar limo and and later on later later on tower of terror a lot of it were these attractions and experiences that were trying to feel very authentically california or californian uh you brought up test the bakery tour uh the little wine country has its own kind of like you know valley type of uh, uh violin score um you had the the mission tortilla factory for heaven's sake, that had its own original score. So like they were trying to be very authentic and not overly Disney. And this is 
what Screamin' tries to do as well. Uh, they thought, you know, what is the embodiment of the extreme Californian? <laughs> the one that is obsessed with Tony Hawk and, and wants to see the dirt bikes that we're about to bring into the park in a couple of years. Oh, they want a fast coaster <laughs> with a loop in it. Uh, and they want some some rock and roll music, baby. That's what they did. And like I said last week, it really does add to just riding that coaster. Uh, it makes you feel like you are zooming. You are going very, very fast. Uh, there are cues to the ride in the soundtrack as well. You can tell when you're going on the loop. You can tell when you're twirling down the very end kind of... What, what do they call that, Chris? Is there a name for that in coasters where it kind of winds down in the... Uh, yeah, it's called a helix. Helix. They, you can hear the helix kind of cue in the soundtrack as well. So it was, it was thoughtful. It was not just like, hey, hand this dude a guitar and let him go to town. It was like, no, there are moments in this attraction that you need to play towards. And that's really important for, uh, I think, a Disney attraction to be aware of that, to, to, to be aware of how the music is going to play into the ride experience. And they take that to the next level in Radiator Springs Racers as well. Chris, you brought up like that you, you wait in either a very hot, very long, or just an unbearable switchback line that is Radiator Springs Racers. And you're finally sitting in that car. And instead of this attraction being like, okay, ready, set, go, you're going to zoom through it. You're going to go on a little bit of a nature ride. <laughs> Peaceful. You're like, finally. Usually it's the first ride of my day. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, this feels nice. This is good. Oh, oh waterfall. Boom. In your face. Okay. You're relaxed. Now let's go through this story. <laughs> and so you enter in and the first thing you have is a minivan screaming in your face about directions. Veer off to the side. You're, you're lost. You don't know where you're supposed to go. And then there's the, there's the sheriff slowing you down, calming you down. Hey, here, here's Mater. Mater's going to take you on a, a little bit of a journey. Mater's like, yeah, man, let's go tip some cows. We go <laughs> tip some cows and we get chased by a bigger tractor. So it turns into this kind of chaotic experience once you get into the dark ride portion of it. But once you're past kind of like that mater bit, you're back to this very calm, serene uh, feeling almost like you're not in California Adventure anymore. You really feel like you're within this movie or within this, this world. Then they do such a good job with set decoration, but it also feels really authentic in, in the way that they score it. When you're going through Radiator Springs and you're going past uh, Flo's V8 Cafe, uh, you have the soundtrack being played through what sounds like a like 60s radio. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, that's where the sound would be coming from. It's not in the world. It is being played out of a speaker at the diner. And that is such an awesome, awesome detail. And then as you go in to get your car fixed up for racing, that that horns you got the horns that hyping you up it's a regal race something big is about to happen then you you hit go and it's just this incredible musical score that makes you feel like again you're going faster than you are because if you like if you were to sit there and like plug your ears on that ride and just like go through it you're like you know we might not be going all that fast on this <laughs> But the music really makes you feel like it's a bigger moment, a bigger experience. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that both attractions really use sound in a way that is authentic to themselves. Um, but what I feel like is indicative of something that is Disney is that they really lean into that storytelling aspect when it comes to their soundtracks. And they're going to add elements that take you through something as opposed to purely just make you experience it. And I think Screamin' is really just a, a extreme experience while Radiator Springs Racers is a true storytelling Disney experience. So I'm going to go with the number two seed here. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm definitely with you uh, on that one. Uh, California Screamin', uh, strong attempt. But Radiator Springs Racers, like you said, there's just so many elements to it. Uh, I do want to pose a question to everybody. Please. Um, at the very beginning of the ride, there's a safety spiel, uh, and I think it's the the cop guy. Um, 
ACAC, all cops are cars. Um, <laughs> they say, he says something like, make sure you keep your seatbelts fastened. Seatbelts, you have to wear one in my town. Yeah, it's the, the law. law in so- my town. Um, what in the in the cars universe? Okay, everything is everything is a car. Uh-oh. Okay, like Uh-oh. like uh-huh. little little bugs are cars. Like Uh-oh. animals, they're placeholders for cars. Like cows are tractors. Everything is has an engine in it. So, how do you think cars feel about people sitting inside of them? <laughs> Do do you think it feels good? Do you think it doesn't feel good at all? Uh, are we? Is this a universe where like we don't control the cars? The cars control themselves. Uh, can you sit in any car? Like, could you open up Lightning McQueen's car, like no. side door and just like stick no. yourself inside of him? Well, Chris, I think it depends on consent. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so no. so I have to go to Lightning McQueen and say <laughs> Lightning my guy do you mind if I uh, open your door and take a seat and take you for a spin no this is like this is like the, the dark ride universe where you are the car so yes oh. yes yes we get there's six people inside the car but in the cars universe there are no humans there are no humans <laughs> So I believe we just all become the car. The sheriff is the instructing car. you to put on the seatbelt because once you do, you just get absorbed into the body <laughs> of the car. Like you you just get sucked in and now you're part of it. And if that seatbelt never comes off, you're just stuck. That's how you become as a, car. a car. That is how Think all those cars today. became cars. They Think put cars. on their seatbelt. They don't get birthed. If you put your seatbelt on, boom, you're a car. And here's my <laughs> point to that. Here's why I think that. The biggest reason <clears throat> is that unlike... Indy, there's no steering wheel. Think hmm. in your head. Yes, the seatbelts match where you are, but there's no steering wheel. You are the car. This is this is Elon Musk's ultimate goal for <laughs> for self-driving vehicles is that we become the car's universe. Um yeah, that's great. That's great. I just I feel like, you know, my issue is is how do you then get off the attraction? Because like putting your seatbelt on and getting sucked in the ride, that tracks for me. Absolutely. But then it's like, how do you come off? Because I'm picturing Danny DeVito in Always Sunny in Philadelphia when he like comes out of the couch uh, yep. very violently. Like that's really, that's really how I see myself getting off of this ride now. If I, if I did become the vehicle, like am I inside the seat somewhere like naked, uh, like trapped trying to escape or... Like how did how does it release me? I guess. Look, Tess has not seen that episode or that special. You it's always funny, it but I have. You should check it out. That's exactly um, what it is. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's this. Maybe if you win the race, you're freed from the car. I but if you lose, you have to go again. I was just gonna say, have you ever seen the losing car uh, depart? Because I think that those people just stay there. <laughs> um. None of this has anything to do with this. I mean, it kind of does because the police officer tells you to put on your seatbelt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's part of the soundtrack. I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna trust that guy again. Um, <laughs> Radiator Springs racer is advancing. California screaming, going home. Tessa and Alyssa, do you agree? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right. I th- this is a little early for Chris to become unhinged and then part two of the bracket. I got more. I got more. Um. <laughs> I'm just now imagining Danny DeVito sing every single one of these soundtracks, and I love it. <laughs> um, the number three seed Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout versus right. number 11 Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Here we go. Do it. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. This Woo! is the moment Tower of Terror absolutely dusts Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. <laughs> mm. uh, and it's because of that difference in in sound design for this attraction. Uh, you're talking about a ride that is the current version, Guardians of the Galaxy, that recruits popular music uh, to make you go up and down like a baby on a swing set. Uh, <laughs> and then and flash some lights in your face and there's some <laughs> vignettes of uh, Chris Pratt uh, doing really stupid stuff uh, and, then, and then you leave. 
And then you have the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, where it is orchestrated in a way that is so specific. Uh, and the music is assembled uh, and the sound the sound effects are assembled to to really give you uh, a sense of like um, of story right like stories have beginning middles ends climaxes and like that's what the sound in this ride is trying that's the state that this this ride is trying to put your brain hmm. right this like okay we're getting on the ride okay we're lay the exposition is being laid out okay you're checking into a hotel on the dark side of Hollywood for an extended stay. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Sure. Now I okay. I know the situation now. This is this is a realistic situation. Okay. Me yeah. going to a, a historic hotel. Do it all the time. <laughs> all right. So I could see myself. I could see myself doing this. I get on the elevator. It goes up. Hmm, wave goodbye to the real world. Little Twilight Zone theme. Uh, and then we go up to the top floor, and he d- and he does the whole thing, you know, like the, 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 that door is opening again, and this time it's opening for you. Uh, meanwhile, and like that theme is so simple, but it's also kind of like maddening, and like I think it's kind of supposed to be like hypnotizing you into focusing on the little door that's light is spinning in front of you, right? It's trying to distract your attention from the fact that you're about to fall out of your ass uh <laughs> like 15 stories right um it's just like it's just i love that i love that sort of like teasing yeah. and then also it coming to fruition mm-hmm. you know like i don't like uh the randomness i mean they're like the sequences are random in both versions of this ride but the randomness of Mission Breakout as an attraction. We're getting off topic a little bit. Not talking about the soundtrack, <laughs> but like the randomness of the of the drop sequences in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just like I don't know when we're starting. I don't know when we're ending. I don't know how far we're going. Like it's just it's just really like amorphous. Hmm. Whereas T- Tower of Terror is very neat, and it and it has this structure to it that I find very comforting. Uh, and, and it makes me very excited when I'm on the ride. Uh, anyways, uh, I have Twilight Zone Tower of Terror advancing here. Uh, very rich uh, sound design, very realistic environment, uh, an environment I want to be in. So let's go with that one. Tower of Terror also does such a great job of reflecting the OG Twilight Zone episodes where oh, yeah. it's a slow burn. Uh, they don't necessarily have the big reveal happen until usually the like last seven, five minutes of the entire episode. Uh, usually there's like a big event. Uh, the event is unexplained. You spend the rest of the episode trying to figure that out. Then it is revealed what it is. And it, the attraction really reflects that. You going through the lobby, you checking in, you experiencing the big event or understanding a big event's going to happen, you experiencing it in the ride, like the ride starts and the ride doesn't start. <laughs> and the ride continues the story and gives you more context and detail. And suddenly the event happens and you start falling. So I like that the ride structure is in a way that reflects the TV show and the soundtrack has to do the same thing. You don't hop onto the ride and it's like, you know, disco Twilight Zone, where it's some like remix of the Twilight Zone theme as you're going through the tower and you're seeing the scenes. And no, it, you're going to continue to be enveloped in this world through the sounds. Uh, as you, as I brought up last time, the the whooshing and the whirling. You brought up the sound of the generator going, as well as the end of the the falling and the screws sounding like they're coming loose and and banging around around you. I was I'm with you. That first time I wrote it as a kid, I was like, no, nah, we broke this shit. <laughs> we broke this shit. We should have never gone on this thing. I was terrified. I hated that ride the first time, and I loved it all the same, right? And a lot of it does have to do with the sound. They could have put the Twilight Zone theme throughout the fall, but instead they said, let's go ahead and continue the story by making it as authentic of an experience as possible. 
Uh, so I, I agree with all of that. Like, I really, really do like the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and, and its soundtrack. I just don't necessarily like it out of context of the attraction. And that's okay because I'm not listening to the songs that are being played in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout on a daily basis either. Uh, I like I recognize these very iconic, you know, 70s pop hits. And and it really fits the theme and it fits the characters. Uh, but when it comes to listenability, it's just a, it's just a it's what it is. It's a mixtape. And I think that when it comes to what the music is trying to do with the story, uh, you leave the story behind with the music once Rocket plugs it in. Like that is the end of the musical story. Now you are just experiencing another story with that same music happening. And that music has nothing to do with what you're seeing, has nothing really to do with the experience. The rise and fall of the music isn't the rise and fall of the ride. Um, and that's okay because it is a chaotic tower experience. It's a, it's a breakout. So nothing is orchestrated. Nothing goes correctly. Uh, and so they, they, you can have that chaotic kind of symphony of sounds. But I, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think I'm going to go Tower of Terror over Mission Breakout. Because I think that it is a better soundtrack to the attraction as opposed to Mission Breakout, which does allow you to experience different versions of it. But that is really just based on the the song. And then, I mean, I personally don't remember any of the scenes from the attraction itself when I get these songs. Like, I know there's a tentacle monster most of the time. <laughs> I think they're all the same. Are they? It's the I, same? Yeah. Just different yeah. songs? Mm-hmm. So what the, is it so doing? The, here in the Elite Eight. Get this thing the out jump, Well, because the, the drop sequence changes with the beat of the song, you know, like it, the, the sure. different song creates a different sequence, which is what makes it unique. But the scene itself is the same. They every oh. all six, all six of them, you get Groot going, you know. Oh, well, I guess I've only had I Want You Back. So I don't really know what the other experiences are. <laughs> but I agree with Chris. Tower of Terror moves on. Reaction mm. from Tess and Alyssa. I mean, I do listen to 70s pop like every day. So, I mean, that's my counter argument. But I am also a Tower of Terror girl. Not, I mean, maybe not after hearing Chris cry about it. Maybe I'm not at that same level, but. <laughs> I am trying to decide my hiccups. Yeah, Lissa has the hiccups. So, excuse us. Mm, that's okay. All right. Who is going to go to the finals first here? It's number one, Soren over California versus number five, Incredicoaster. I mean, like. This is where I think the the road to glory is clear. Uh, I love what Soren does for that attraction. Uh, I just don't see Soren uh, resonating as much with me if that score is anything different. Obviously, I can't say that definitively because who knows what other original scores would make sense for it. But it it is just perfect. And if we want to talk about soundtrack from the minute you sit down, like. Having Patrick Walburton talk talk to the tower, say we're ready for takeoff. You're yeah. you're locked in and you're ready. Uh, it it just makes for the experience that you are about to ex- you're about to go through something very epic, and then in turn you do with the soundtrack. Uh, we called out all of our favorite highlighted moments, which basically covered the entire film. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot more to cover on it. Um, but then it's another uh, one of those attractions where. You had brought up with, uh, with Mission Breakout, in fact, where people get off and everyone just feels good. Mm-hmm. Like they just had a very good experience. With Soaring Around the World, you get off and a lot of people were like, was the Eiffel Tower curved for you? <laughs> did, did you experience the bent, the, you know, Taj Mahal? But with Soaring, it's just like, wow, that was just so great. So great. And it, the music plays such a big part of it, especially now, which is why it keeps coming back, because this is not a novel technology anymore. We are going to experience that same feeling that we did once upon a time when we first experienced it. it I just love that so much. Incredicoaster, still love that score. Obviously, love the incredible score as a whole. And I love Incredicoaster. Um, but when you're up against Soren over California, it's tough to bring it down. So I'm going to go ahead and move that one seed to the final. 
Absolutely. Uh, I agree. I, I think that story you told about the, uh, the composer kind of doing it out of uh, passion is really kind of a great indicator of, of what went into this, this soundtrack. It, it really was uh, a work of art. Um, and I think, you know, let's, let's back out a little bit and you want to talk about kind of like the music that we get when we're in sort of like the, the ramp to go down into <laughs> yeah. the hangar, you know, that's very soft and gentle sort of version of, of the score. And then obviously you've got the Patrick pre-show, <laughs> the Patrick pre-show with, with some just absolute banger um, dialogue bits. Like let's go ahead and throw that into the soundtrack soundtrack mix as well. Like yeah. Patrick Warburton's uh, got his hands all over this one, um, which is awesome. And like, probably I don't really know if this is in like the actual like digital soundtrack or it's just like a sound of the attraction because like i will say there are these these little like sonic moments at disneyland that resonate with you um whether it's you know like the sound of the water when you go splash on tiana's bayou adventure or you know it's uh the the matterhorn as it's you know rumbling down the track whatever it is um Soren has a moment when it goes to take off and I don't know if it's the air brakes uh, releasing, yeah. but it's just like yeah. sound. It's like really like, it's just this like Pavlovian, like oh, I'm, oh. Oh, oh, get ready to go. I'm in the zone. <laughs> uh, so again, I don't know that that's like in there or if that's just like something that the ride does either way. I'm going to count it as part of the soundtrack. Sure. Um, it's really cool. It's an exciting ride. I think this ride is nothing without its, its soundtrack and, uh, Incredicoaster, the soundtrack definitely enhances it, but I think I could get by writing it uh, in silence as well. So, <laughs> Tess and Alyssa, we've got Soren over California going to the finals. Do we agree with this? Let's go. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, the next, so next matchups, it's, this is a tough one. Uh, it's number two, Radiator Springs Racers yeah. versus number uh, 11, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I, I, I think this is where. Twilight Zone Tower of Terror goes down for me. Um, one kind of observation I have about the musical elements of Radiator Springs Racers, I'm going to say something really like big and grandiose, so feel free to tune me out. Uh, feel free to edit this down. But this is, this is going to be an absolute reach, but I hope you go along for the ride with me. Okay. Like I said in the last episode, I'm a big country music fan. Uh, and, and country music really is about the country. Uh, it's about kind of like rural life, uh, living on the land, so to speak. Um, and, and I think for a lot of people that it's also sort of like a homecoming, you know, like being out there in the wilderness or, or on the prairie, on the plains, whatever, like that's, that's kind of a feeling of being home, like us being in the city, living in little cubes, uh, working 12 hours a day. That's not like we we've come so far from like where, where our people came from, uh, the human race. Uh, and so country music kind of tries to get back to that feeling of, of, of openness uh, and freedom. And that's really the spirit of country music. And that is all sprinkled throughout Radiator Springs Racers. Mm. Uh, and it's done, and, and this, is, this is like only someone who listens to a lot of country music, especially like, different genres of country. I'm not talking about Florida Georgia Line and Kane Brown. I'm talking about like <laughs> listening to real country music uh, would notice something like this. Uh, so you start off with that. Uh, what's the test? How does it go? Dun, 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 dun. The, that's the, that that's the McQueen and Sally uh, score from the movie. And, and, and that is like a classic cowboy campfire song mm. right there. You know, uh, guitar, uh, real kind of like I, I I don't want to say it's a pop song, but it's like pop in its structure maybe, uh, and in in a lot of the instrumentation, uh, usually like when I hear a song like that, you know, I think about just just uh, friends and, and togetherness, and there you go, it's the Lightning and Sally song. You get up through the through the uh the minivan people yelling at you, uh, <laughs> and then you get to Tomater. Uh, and you get this, oh my oh, dude, God, dude. dude, oh my God, the fiddle, uh, the fiddle comes in, even though I love a good fiddle and the fiddle comes in and it's this, this real like bluegrassy sort of, uh, fiddle instrumentation. That's just 
makes you think about just uh, the open plains. So it's like it's like country, but in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, Kyle, you get to the actual Radiator Springs uh, and the music that's coming out of Flo's V8 radio. And that is this like dance hall style country music. And it's got that, uh, the beat is one, two, three, four. So it's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four type of music you two step to. Right. And so like, what does that say about what's happening in the ride? We're in town. We're right. together. We're, we're with people. And like, that's what goes down in a dance hall. It's like people mm. hanging out with one another. So great. Uh, a variation on country music for that. And then you hit the road, baby. And we're in, and we're in like Southern rock territory. We're in like Charlie Daniels band. That fiddle is on fire. <laughs> uh, and you get some solid like acoustic guitar, rhythm guitar in there. I mean, it's real badass. So uh, it ends, the whole thing kind of ends with this like orchestral, like country music kind of thing as well. And so this, this attraction takes you through all of these different sort of like vignettes of life on the prairie and like life out in the open. And like, that's what cars is about. Like that's what the movie's about. It's about leaving the fast paced life of the race scene and going back to your roots. Uh, and so this, this marriage of cars and country music is so beautiful to me and it's done so beautifully in this attraction. Uh, absolutely love it. So that's my piece ah. on, uh, radiator Springs racers. Well it's done. about home. It's about homecoming. And I think we all feel a sense of that. Uh, when we go through the ride. Um, and hopefully we transform back into humans when we pull into the stage. <laughs> um, all that being said, you know, I really like the a lot of the real the realistic sound effect elements of Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I also have to give a special shout out to the uh, little girl lost uh, little sound effect that is in the boiler room uh, of the queue. Uh. Um, and uh it's 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 a great ride. It's one of, like I said, it's one of my favorites. But I think if you're talking about the soundtrack as a whole, Radiator Springs very grandiose. There's a lot going on. Uh, so I think I'm going to advance the two seed for a one-two matchup. Yeah, I think you said it. You said it better than I ever could. It just fits every scene. Uh, the one fault for me is I don't really like the uh, cow tipping theme the uh when they're like dashing away from oh yeah it starts it's a little like chasing yeah yeah i'm not too into that but then it fair you can hear that it's just randy newman <laughs> like it's very <laughs> much a randy newman theme so uh, i give it that pass and people like mater and i'm not a big fan of mater so like it fits the theme it fits that character um but you're you're totally on it and it's what's nice about this attraction too is that with a lot of the dark rides, you'll just get like the the snippets of the scenes, and the, and that will stop. You have so many through line themes that come back to give you that feeling of of uh, serenity or the feeling of gearing back up with the with Mater's fiddle or the initial theme that we hear the Sally and Lightning theme. Like they just do such a good job of making you feel whole at the very end. Uh, you even end with that as you're waiting to unload, which always takes so long. You're sitting yeah, in front you of... Because you got to transform back into human beings. Yeah. It takes a long time, Kyle. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight. You have to listen to three different dialogue bits from Lightning McQueen and Mater before you can actually get out of that car. So I agree with you. Uh, one, two finals, Tess. I would say and Alyssa, but she's hiccuping somewhere. So it's just you. Um, They can't hear you, babe, but it's okay. Um, Another addition, Chris, you really went through the whole ride, the cars ride beautifully. I, I don't know what dance hall music you guys are referring to because my brain is so like soundtrack based because I owned, because I, I owned the CD of the Cars soundtrack. I got it for free because my mom worked at a tire place and Goodyear and and Cars roll roll big, roll big. Oh yeah, you better hold on to that. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so the theme I know from when the that little bit between the V8 bus and the and the military guy when they're like, oh hippie. Um. It's it's the background to uh one of the Brad Paisley songs on the soundtrack. Behind the, the clouds. That's what that the, theme is. 
Yeah, that's not the one. That's not the one I'm thinking okay. of, but that is in there. Thank you for calling. Yeah, out that yeah, no, it's a good one. So that's I. My brain tunes out everything else that I have memorized, but um, sure. yeah, I definitely agree. I'm really excited for this matchup. Yeah, and this matchups number one soaring over California versus number two Radiator Springs Racers, and now it's what is the best California adventure soundtrack and it's so hard <laughs> it is so difficult for me because you have Soren, which really embodies what the park was intended to be about uh this new experience this different wave experience in california in a way that wasn't attached to really anything else it was disney's take on what california is and part of that is putting you into a sightseeing tour unlike anything else from soundtrack to experience to queue up. I mean, like you queue up and then you walk through the like aviation hall of fame to get there. Like this is a bit, this was a big deal. And so is radiator Springs racers. Like that entire land was a huge deal. And to have it kind of have the spectacle up on the hill at the end is exactly what Springs, Radiator Springs racers needed to be, and they made it so that you didn't just hop in a car and go fast. You hopped in a car, and you had the experience of what it would be like to travel through the land you kind of just walked through if you were in the Cars universe. They both have elements that are unlike anything else in the park. Uh, Soren, of course, itself is unlike anything else in the park. That first little calm bit of radiator springs racers is unlike anything else in the park like this is just such a heavy matchup and i think it could really go either way if you if you wanted it to but i have just such 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 a bias in love for soren over california and that score i there was one time i think i i texted chris i was on a flight to san diego and as i was landing uh, i shot off a, a text to chris and i was like Go ahead, and when you know there's about five minutes left in your flight, throw on that Soren soundtrack because you are going to soar over the city you're landing in to the Soren soundtrack, and it's gonna be it's gonna queue up real nice. And I I to this day I do that. Uh, I just love this soundtrack so much. I love Radiator Springs Racer soundtrack as well. That is another one that I will I will you know unashamedly pop on in any drive that I'm on. Uh, but it's the Soren one that really just makes me feel like I am experiencing a uh, a Disney standard attraction. So I'm counting the number one seed. Can I say one thing? I don't want to say two things. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. But I want to just tip my cap to the sound design of Cars Land in general. Yeah. Uh, talking about kind of like the tome the the insanity of the tomater attraction soundtrack uh <laughs> and the you know louis the luigi's relic and roadster stuff is very on the nose but also very appropriate uh and then like all of the things that radiator springs racers does uh in the music department you 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 really feel how serious that the imagineers who worked on this area took the assignment yeah. Uh, but so I love that. In addition, like another really cool way that they incorporate music is with the lighting of Cars Land. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but at, at sundown, oh. they do a lighting of Cars Land. And so during non seasonal times, they do the life could be dream. Life could be mm. That one. And during Halloween time, they do a dun 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 dun. I put a spell on you, the OG one. Uh, yeah. So they really, I don't. I haven't done it during Christmas if they do anything special for Christmas, but uh, hmm. they really incorporate music all over the land. There's so much in Cars Land. So much. Yeah. And and like the, the music that the area tends to play is also just really classic country music. I mean, you yeah. know, your 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 heavy hitters of of the original kind of king, kings and queens of country music. The I just want to take okay so that all that being said I want to take a moment to just talk about the music loop in the Radiator Springs Racers queue. Uh, okay, they because it's such a long goddamn queue. <laughs> uh, so you really have time to sit and think about the music that you're listening to, <laughs> and I think the idea is that like you're in like an old mechanic shop 
in kind of the Route 66 days and like what would maybe these people be listening to? Mm. Um, so it's a lot of that old country music, but it's all like car themed music. <laughs> Uh, so a lot of the songs are like about cars and about things that are happening in cars and to cars. Uh, and I gotta just, just observe that like these songs are from like the forties, the fifties, these are old songs. And so many of them are about like banging your chick in a car. (laughs) Uh, and I mean, it tracks, it tracks like, uh, you know, based on kind of the way relationships were back then and you know things are very different these days like you gotta imagine that like a car was one of the only like private places you could be like you know i, I don't know i'm I'm just theorizing for what i've seen on greece take take a little ride on my big green tractor you know yeah yeah that yeah same vibe same vibe <laughs> jason aldean was listening to this type of music when he thought of that one sure um <laughs> But like there's but like there's a ridiculous song and I was like, oh my God, like this is the probably the dumbest song I've ever heard, maybe in my life. Oh. Uh and it was about like a guy who was trying to drive his car and every time he started kissing his girl, the engine fell out of his car, so he had to go fix it. And then he would get back in and and try and start making out again and then his engine would fall out again which I don't know if that's a euphemism for something uh, or it's <laughs> just a ridiculous wrong. song. There's something more to that engine this debacle. Guy, that's for sure. This guy kachowed a little bit too so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anyways, um, it's definitely soaring over California. <laughs> and, and I'm going to do the most annoying Disney purist thing. Oh, here we go. Uh, On the record. Soren over California feels like one of the last original Disney parks ideas. Mm. Hmm. And the, the, the way that this score is original on top of that makes me really appreciate it and make me feel like it is synonymous with this theme park. Yeah. And like the fact that the vestiges of the score still exist in Soren over the world, around the world, and that this you know soundtrack exists in other versions of Soren, uh, that Soren around the world, around the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I just think it's 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 goes hand in hand with with everything that is California Adventure. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the number one seat as well, like we do at the end of every episode. Let's go ahead and clap that baby out. Tess and Alyssa, given the opportunity, if you had the number one Soren versus the number two Radiator Springs Racer, would you have agreed with us? Would you have gone with Soren over California? It should have been Tomater's Junkyard Jamboree. Chris. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. Yeah. No. Here, here, here's because I was struggling with the same, uh, the the same thing that both of those attractions bring so much to the park and whatnot. I would say that Soarin' Over California is the best soundtrack of Disney, of DCA 1.0, and Radiator Springs Racers really brings the best of 2.0. Okay. And at first I was going to say that there's a reason why Soarin' stayed, but it it didn't because they're stupid, (laughs) but... You know, it really is the best of what they really were trying to make for DCA. And, you know, when they bring it back for food and wine festival or summer, it's real nice. So we can get some of that back. So <laughs> I agree with you guys. All right, everyone. Uh, well, uh, that does it for another bracket. Uh, Tess and Alyssa, thank you for uh, breaking this down with us. We always love being in the parks and we always love having uh, two parks aficionados as yourself joining us. So. Um, Tess, why don't you go ahead and just add this one to, uh, your, your Spotify playlist. Uh, this, is, I, this was great. I will. I, I don't know what the tally is with myself and Mandy put together. So, uh, it's, but it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's, a lot. It, it's 95 days of mouse madness um, <laughs> and it's, it's great. Um, and on that note, folks, uh, thank you. Uh, if you've got something to say about our, uh, comments about these Disney's California Adventure Attractions and and these soundtracks, please, uh, we would love to hear from you. 
Email us at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousemadness and join us at the $5 level by becoming a member of Jerry's Gang. Well, you'll have access to things like two bonus Mouse Madness episodes a month, uh, an invite to our seasonal Disney trivia event, uh, which we had an absolutely incredible uh, photo finish in the last one. It was super fun. Um, and you also have access to things like uh, video episodes, the occasional uh, vlog of the boys when they go out and do Disney things, um, and, and the right to vote on bracket topics uh, and just uh, communicate uh, with the Mouse Madness crew. All right, folks. Well, they all lived. Now, how does that go? Happily ever after. Was that, was that good? Did I...